Welcome everybody to the Sum It Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and other stuff. I am John and I'm joined as always by my good friend Chris. Oh, and you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And wherever else you get your podcast from. Uh, so Chris, how are you doing? John, I'm already getting holiday ads and I am excited. You ready for it? holiday 2020 i am ready for holiday 2020 because i really just want my mind off this election and in the holiday spirit i don't just just give me all the elves give me santa give me give me like holiday specials all that good stuff i don't want to think about anything else right now well then you are in luck because star wars is putting out their lego holiday special and i gotta say i watched the trailer for it today surprisingly good yes i I don't know i it it feels weird saying that a star wars holiday special looks good but this i I gotta say like when when i heard about the concept and that it was a lego thing and that it was it was going to like bring back a lot of the voice actors it 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 scared me it was it really worried me when i heard about this but then to see it in action it it looks i mean like it's got that little bit of lego cheese but it looks like it's gonna be a pretty interesting story yes and you doubted the lego and the brand power of lego and now with this trailer i i saw something that i believe in now and this lego trailer it was it had a lot of meta references that people in the meme community know about in the star wars community as well it 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 went across all the different eras so no one's really left out and it's even bringing back the it's even bringing back daisy ridley it is doing the uh vo for it for her character which is you know you could tell that everyone else in it is not their actual character voices but i really do appreciate it that they brought daisy ridley to it because it is focused around her and it was a great trailer it was lego at its finest i feel like i didn't get I feel like it wasn't produced by Lucasfilm in the ways that it's like it's writing that's all over the place. It seems like John Favreau's the only one that's got a real handle on it, but it just felt kid friendly. It felt franchise friendly and the humor just landed for me. I I am excited for this and it's really odd. I really hope this kind of product out there unites the fan base because this is what we need. We don't get a lot of comedy when it comes to Star Wars as far as uh, projects that are forward-facing as comedy. But this is comedy. This is holiday because it's Life Day and they're kind of making the spoof off Christmas, which is fine with me because it is my favorite holiday. So everything about this I think will go a long way in hopefully repairing some of the damage that has been had with the sequel films and how they ended. Yeah, it definitely seems like a nice little palate cleanser to kind of cap off what otherwise was not really a great Star Wars trilogy, just overall broad strokes. Uh, So to kind of take bits and pieces from that and poke fun at itself, it seems like, while also revisiting some things from the previous trilogies and other types of content, like they even went into The Mandalorian. You see Mando with Baby Yoda there. Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah, it's it's really nice, and I think um, I I think it's an interesting concept now that you kind of see it in action, and I will eat crow on this one. I believe I was wrong, and this has given me a new hope. Ah, you know what? Rebellions are built on hope. Look, I I made that joke to you earlier on uh, a messenger, and I will continue to make that joke because it will never get old. Uh, it I will say that till my end day. Well, we do need a new hope with this franchise and what Disney has so far done with it. So this is a good thing. People are hopeful. You know, even people who had doubts are now hopeful like yourself. So this is a good thing. If you if someone like you who had doubts about it can turn a corner after watching that trailer, I think this is a good sign. And and people should be looking to this as hopefully a turning point but we won't know that till november 17th when it drops which is a lot sooner than i thought it would be oh my gosh that's yeah that's like less than two weeks yeah um i will i will i want to ask you this question though so Mm. obviously it seems like it's got a lot of meta humor in there 
that it's very self-aware of its own franchise. Um, and it got me thinking, Ryan Reynolds, I feel like, was really the pioneer oh of, of that. Um, back when Deadpool first came out, and you see that a lot in um, like commercials nowadays. What what influence do you think the Ryan Reynolds form of comedy has had on media overall, and like its appeal to viewers because with this type of like meta humor? No joke. I was exactly thinking of Deadpool when you were talking about meta references. It's the first thing that popped into my mind. But I think that this actually goes. This predates Deadpool. This is a Lego thing. And what the Lego video games have done, we talk about how it's supposed to be playful, kid-friendly. You talk about the Lego movie, where they make that fourth wall-breaking comedy and where Deadpool does seep into us culturally from an adult standpoint. I think Lego movie, Lego property, and what they've done in in media, besides making the bricks yourself, those kits... What they've done with television shows, what they've done with video games specifically is when we got to see it trickle out is that they get family friendly comedy. They did a lot of slapstick stuff in the Lego Star Wars games and the Lego Star Wars games didn't have VO. That is more of a recent thing that has happened. You know, they did the Indiana Jones games. They did Jurassic Park games and those uh, I think the Jurassic Park didn't have uh, they used VO from the original movie. Which the Star Wars prequels, when they when they came out with those video games, didn't use that. So we're looking at a franchise that knows that that has a lot of experience doing it, and it's no discredit to Ryan Reynolds at all. I think Ryan Reynolds just made it mainstream. Like it's not for kids; it's for adults. And we've been seeing it in comics for a long time with Spider-Man and Deadpool. They do talk to the audience. They do talk to the reader. And it's really nice to see it break into the mainstream now. And I believe Deadpool is probably the greatest success of it seen by everyone. And that should be that should be the the standard we go off now. And I'm glad to see that Lego, who might have started the, the trend of it, sticking to that standard as far as, you know, them being the ones who've kind of perfected it over the years. Yeah, do you think this is maybe where Star Wars content kind of goes maybe between the big um chunks of content that they put out as it's kind of like what I said earlier like as a palate cleanser of um they have the content for young adults and adults in like the Mandalorian and Star Wars uh main series films and then every 4 to 5 years they put out a Lego film like this um, to appease to the, to the kids, but also kind of entertain the adults as like a look back and a retrospective on the content they've just put out. Well, I think that this t- touches on a more culturally American thing that I believe I've listened to people overseas uh, on YouTube talk about how Americans are doing a disservice to their children by babying them and that that's just like for us culturally like kids we're like oh we don't talk about that kind of stuff they're not old enough whereas in across the world they treat their kids like they're mini adults like there are certain things you don't go off the table but they explain things like they are an adult they don't treat them like they baby talk is the main thing and i believe that star wars with what george lucas said is that these these movies are made for kids is what he said and i feel like over the years, that's been morphed into more American culture because when you watch the Star Wars, the original the original trilogy, you don't have to be a little kid to, to you know you could be a little kid and understand there are a lot of adult themes. You might, or how do I say this? You're a little kid watching a movie and you might not understand the adult themes, but you understand what's going on. Whereas with the sequels, I don't feel like we get that like these movies they you know they're like we're gonna make them for nerds and maybe for kids and a lot of that is lost and even the prequels they're talking about like trade disputes and all this other crazy stiff stuff but as a kid i loved it i was like i have no idea what is going on with this trade dispute thing i just love seeing lightsabers and i loved the prequels growing up obviously they have their issues now as an adult i can see but i think that when you talk about what Lego and Star Wars is, I didn't notice until I saw the trailer because I didn't watch it on IGN. I watched the Lego uh, holiday special trailer on the Lego network and because it came up like on YouTube. 
And I was like, oh, there's a Star Wars Lego Kids channel, and they have little episodes that are occurring there. So Star Wars is trying to adapt that more kid-friendly stuff, and I think Lego, with that initiative, making it like this holiday special, giving it more attention, is a good thing for kids. But I hope this is a realization, especially with Mandalorian, that, hey, Disney, you can be more adult with this content. You don't have to cater to, like, six-year-olds. And even so, if you cater to, like, 18-year-olds 18 18 and plus, you know, people who are in their 30s and 40s, you don't, you don't have to shore go or, or any crazy things. A six-year-old could still watch it and enjoy it. And I think that's the American culture uh, holding back. And I, I hope that Disney continues to ease into that idea of, like, maybe we don't have to, you know, put glitter everywhere to make this seem safe. Just Just go... Just go into it. Know your audience and don't, don't, don't be a pussy. Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I imagine, you know, I don't mean that in a, in a masculine way to demasculinize someone, but it's just one of the things. It's like, just go for it. Why, why are you trying to treat us like, like the American little? Why are you trying to treat me like a what is it? A naive child that I don't know anything about the world? Like, teach me. So people gain morals, little kids do, by watching Star Wars. It's good versus evil. Do the right thing. Like these are important lessons. You don't have to have like fart jokes and like squeakers everywhere. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just talk to the audience like you like they need to be talking talk to. Uh, yeah, like don't talk down to anybody. Don't treat them like they're unintelligent or they can't grasp um, higher ideals. Uh, yeah, it, it's something that can be explored in a more subtle way um, to where it doesn't have to be like overtly like, this is the theme we're talking about. But um, it can be done in a more tasteful way and something that can be open for debate and discussion um, while also still getting across the like the main arc of, like you said, like good, good versus evil um, and good wins in the end. But maybe it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, Trade disputes. Oh, always with the trade disputes. I love a good and trade dispute. <laughs> you might be the only one. Um, <laughs> there, speaking of the only, uh, the only I, I one, can't even, I'm not even going to no, try no. and segue. No, go ahead. Yeah, the only one. All right. So you, you're alone. You are by yourself. You are. How do you say solo? Um, there we go. Yeah, you hit there, it. We we worked it in there eventually. Um, so Ron Howard has come out and said that Solo 2 is still a possibility. Um, apparently with the studio, it's still on the table. Uh, they haven't written it off yet, despite its critical lack of success, we shall say. Hmm. Um, and look, man, I, I don't think we need this. We don't even need to talk about this. This is not something that we need in our culture in 2020. Uh, we don't need this kind of negativity. Could it be possible that they are gauging the want for a solo two? Because maybe Disney somewhere an executive is like, the reason why people didn't watch solo was because they boycotted it because of what we did with the last Jedi, which the last Jedi is a masterpiece because we believe in Ryan Johnson. Um, so let's just put it out there to feel it. And I guarantee you a majority of the fan base is going to say the same thing that they did when they announced Solo is like, we don't need it. It's just that yeah. simple. We we don't need it. I mean, they hit on all of the major character arcs and points from like they over explained Han Solo already. So <laughs> I, are they going to further over explain things we already know or is this something that they're potentially going to like introduce new concepts that just obviously don't come into his character arc down the road? Um, I, it, it's hard to tell a self-contained story with a character like that, who, like I said, like you over-explained in the first movie, who doesn't have anywhere else really to go, that's already had a full character arc in future trilogies, and who has eventually died. So we know his entire story. Um, there are some stories from legends and that aren't canon anymore that go into like he and Leia's kids and uh his i guess like 
I don't want to say like mistress, but the the woman who he first kind of hooked up with besides Leia. Oh yeah, um, they revealed that in a comic strip. Yeah, so like I mean, in that sense, there are things you can like directions you can go with it, but it it's such a hard line to stay within a specific bubble that that gets wrapped up and that doesn't have to feel like it has to get referenced later um, when you've already had uh, what five and a half movies with the guy. Um, so I just, I don't see any way that they could write a successful solo too. Do you think, do you think that they're putting this out there because of maybe the weird success that Ryan or Ryan, Zack Snyder or the attention that he's getting to his possibly great, possibly awful movie? Well, I mean, the, the difference with that is they already had something put together and they had, um, uh, I mean, Ron Howard basically pulled a Joss Whedon with Solo and swooped in and quote unquote saved it. Um, so that that's an interesting comparison to make. But um, at least with the Snyder Cut, they had a proof of concept and they had enough material to say this is where we could take it. This is a different enough story. Um, but with this, there's nothing there. They don't have a concept or a script or anything, as far as we know. Um, it's just kind of putting it out there of like, hey, in case you need some more hope, we have Solo 2 on the table. So maybe you can look forward to that potentially if enough people are interested. I mean, I, I think you might be onto something where earlier you said maybe it's just a way for them to gauge interest. Um, but I just it's it's hard for me to imagine that after how how received i'll put it that way how how it was received uh previously with the first movie um it doesn't seem like this would be something that ron howard should really be talking about maybe if it was like alden ehrenreich going around saying hey maybe i can come back for solo too um i'm still interested in the character like if he's pushing like there's that there's still story to to explore I would be more interested in his perspective than Ron Howard's as far as this particular movie goes. No, well, uh, what I'll say to that is that I would take it with less validity or less of the Disney corporate backing that they're gauging interest. It just sounds like an actor looking for more work in my eyes, and there's nothing wrong with that. Actors got to market themselves and play that hustle on Twitter, so I totally understand that. But Ron Howard... That you could also say is like, is he also doing a hustle and trying to get this movie made so he has work? And I don't know what that answer is, but I swear if Disney is the one who's like, hey, let's have some preliminary talks about Solo 2. And Ron Howard then puts out, hey, Solo 2 could totally be made. Move on. Disney, move on. There's just just don't revisit this. You made a mess up. And remember, when we talked about the sequels a while ago, John, this is it's the same conversation. Move on. Uh, the only way to save this this franchise, this this part of the franchise, is not by doing more single movies. It's about making a television show of whatever happens afterward or something that happens uh, in between, which would be very difficult to do in that regards. It would have to be like a Clone Wars show, and I don't think they're going to do that. So there's a time and place, and this is obviously not the time, uh, not the time to do it. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Like I, it, the way that the story is kind of presented just kind of sounds like somebody is fishing for content and trying to create a a, a, a something to like stir up controversy, um, and just to kind of stay relevant out in the news when there's not really any any more movie news going on. Um, so I I'm sure that given the right circumstances, there are some types of content that they could pull from legends to create a somewhat interesting story um but again like i just feel like they've kind of written themselves in a hole where they have to introduce and wrap up a story that has to be self-contained um that i mean ron howard is a great director and i'm sure he could do a good job if he had full creative control from the beginning but i just think given the drama that surrounded the first movie that uh it I don't think it would look good to come out and make a second one, um, at least without an entirely new creative team, like what they did with Suicide Squad, where that movie, Oof. the first one bombed, 
it was not well received, even if David Ayer has a different cut of it, and even if it wasn't his main or like his original like division for it. Um, they had they had a new director, a new cast, basically a new creative team come in and create something brand new that is different enough to draw more people in and kind of revitalize that franchise. Um, I think for Ron Howard to reattach himself to the sequel, to a film that already wasn't re- well received, it would at least not be given the benefit of the doubt. Uh, yeah, I I don't even think you could do that if you were to clean... If you were to clean house, have a completely new staff, and they were to make a, a new production of Solo called Solo Two, I don't think we'd we'd want that even because then we just have a solo movie that is kind of lost in time. And I think over the years, people have kind of accepted Solo as an anthology film, saying it has its moments. And coming up with a second one, it's not like you have a whole different cast of people. You know, twenty people you can add to this. It's you know, you have Kira, you have Lando, you have L3, you have Chewbacca, and you have Solo. And the whole point is it's supposed to be about Han Solo. And we don't even get his dynamic change. We don't get him into turning into the pessimistic, or not even pessimistic, but realistic down-to-earth smuggler that he is. We still get an optimistic person who, at the end of the movie, gets his heart broken. We don't really see a lot of character development except that trust nobody. But he doesn't have that tone that says trust nobody either. It's very mixed messaging. I just, you want to redo it? Sure, but we still don't need it. (laughs) It's still the message from before the movie was produced. Please, don't do this. This isn't what we want. Give me Kenobi. Give me Kenobi. (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi. Everyone is going wild for him on the forums, on the Reddit, everywhere. Everyone loves Kenobi. and We're getting a one-season series for Kenobi and people are hyped as hell because it's the right amount of length. It's a one season. It's not too crazy. And I imagine people are going to go nuts when we see it. And it's in the hands of people who actually care about their projects because, Hey, John Favreau, who did the audition for people to be directors. Uh, yes. Give me more. I, I, I just, this is something I believe in. I don't believe in the solo two. Yeah, exactly. And even if you wanted a, a deeper look into the underworld of Star Wars and the gangsterness of it all, and um, something more like a Han Solo, like they're already producing the Cassian Andor series, so we're going to get a darker look into like the underbelly of the Star Wars universe through that lens. I hope. Um, and that, yeah, and well, it, it is still in development. I think they're going to start production relatively soon. Um, at least from what I understand. So we're already going down that track. So, so to explore it through the lens of Solo is really just doubling up when, again, they didn't have a great track record with the first one. There's already a bunch of controversy surrounding it. So why not just start fresh with a new direction, with a, uh, with a character that I think was more well-received than, um, than the younger uh, Han Solo was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh- this is let me just give you a sample of what all star wars fans want and it's not solo this is this is what they want if there's a disney executive i'm about to scream i'm gonna scream into a pillow so it's not that loud knights of the old republic please (laughs) that's what we want i don't know why that's so hard knights of the old republic just get just get it out of your head it's like the original trilogy that's what all the 60 to 4 or 40 to 6 year olds want blow their freaking minds and show them the gold that us who play video games got with knights of the old republic for the love of god like john you have not you still haven't played the game even though i've tried and like pushed you a little bit not a hard push but i've pushed you to play the game because the story isn't fantastic you play it on your phone that's how old this game is it is so (laughs) effing good and the fact that producers just aren't completely throwing their their lives at it right now is insane but chris we're getting the high republic stories in comics so that, of course that's filling their needs it shows me even more incompetence it's like well we <laughs> we won't go all the way old but how about the high republic such so no shut up shut up people have done it before there's passion behind it you and i'm sure people are passionate about the high republic i remember watching that little mini trailer about how they're doing it um and there's people who are talented on the team who are trying to make these comics. But come on, dude. 
You 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 you're, you're just tone deaf. I will buy all of all of the Darth Revan lightsabers. Like this is your moment for toys, and you're just you're just uh, you're messing it up. But I think we've talked a little bit too much about Star Wars at this point. Yeah, I think I think I'm good for the rest of my life about talking with. Uh... No, 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 not your whole life. Well, about Solo. Are, are you are you free next week? Uh, I am free next week. All right, we'll put on the docket for next week. No. <laughs> Got him. All right, what's next? So, free guy, the uh, Ryan Reynolds. God, I keep wanting to say Ryan Ron Reynolds. Ron um, Reynolds. Ron Burgundy. The Ryan Reynolds movie. Uh, is been delayed well i don't even want to say delayed it's been removed from the release schedule so it was originally supposed to come out um december 11th in time for the holidays and the studio had finally said um nope we're gonna go ahead and just take it out it's not happening it's not gonna get a theater release right now we'll come back and revisit this later um and honestly man like i just from watching the trailer i it seems like a really funny idea I mean, Ryan Reynolds is obviously hilarious. This seems like it's right up his alley. It's very self-aware while also, um, because of the CGI and the, and the world they're in, able to do a lot more um, story-wise and kind of what they're able to do with the characters um, just physically. Um, so it seemed like it would be a really interesting movie to go see and it just a good, uh, if nothing else, just a good shut off your brain and watch a funny movie for an hour and a half kind of thing. Um and so I hope that they're able to kind of find a new release date, um, not next December, hopefully something a little sooner than that, but obviously it's going to be dependent on the status of uh, theaters and if, if AMC goes under or if Regal opens back up in a reasonable amount of time. Um, but this seems like one of the movies that could help draw people back into the theaters. I don't know, did, did this look interesting at all to you or did you have any kind of... Um, awareness of the movie yeah i saw a trailer for it uh on youtube or something like that and it was one of those ads that i could skip but i I remember just watching it and i was like oh okay you know this is a pretty interesting concept like it seems like a movie that has a lot of positive energy behind it because it's about this dude in this virtual world that is just gets completely hyped as just like a nice guy or like a cool guy like he does a lot of nice things for people he meets in the virtual world and he's he's a program and there are people who go into this world to interact with other programs and real people at the same time like they're the real people like their avatars are hanging out with each other and so i guess like it takes the world by storm that there's this program who's really dope uh that's at least the vibe i got from it and they shouldn't be suspending this movie they should be just like they should be putting this on amazon tomorrow because right now we need something to distract us that is real life and i think a movie like this has an opportunity to have a breakout moment so by them taking it off the release schedule obviously makes sense because of covid and cases are going up in the united states and they're actually going up uh, in europe as well you know there's second lockdowns happening in france and germany and you know we're gonna see england follow suit and then within the next couple weeks so you know with the u.s you know we're still having high amounts of covid cases that are increasing it makes sense to take it off the theater schedule but please for the love of god give us a give us a stream date for it because when i saw this trail of a movie it what didn't hit me as a blockbuster it hit me as like there's a lot of cgi in this movie that probably shouldn't be there like the budget for this movie probably if they spent like over a hundred million dollars for this i was like maybe it should have been less but obviously like the cgi is crazy and you know this is just a movie that i would expect to be low budget but yeah i think this is the type of movie that you don't delay this is the type of movie you get into people's minds right away kind of like with the lockdown when it first started a lot of people who had nintendo switches were playing animal crossing because you're in lockdown and it just blew up because it was something to give people like turn off your brain have fun make an island make farms and dress it up and it was a great time and one of this movie in the film industry could do that so i i don't understand this move because it looks like a really positive a really positive time something we need yeah and uh it was i think this is one of the last 
or one of the final films that 20th Century Fox um, created or, or produced originally, and then now that Disney owns them, um, they don't really have any money to put into it. So um, Disney Plus? Disney or Hulu? Plus. Right. So what, do you think it'll go to Hulu or Disney Plus? It will probably end up going, if, if they put it on streaming, I could see Hulu because um, it it looks like it could be um, a little bit more dark um, or at least a little bit more gruesome than a Disney Plus film probably should be. Um, I, I I don't know. I I, I think I think they're going to hold off on it because, like I said, like they haven't really put any inv- uh, any money into this. So they don't have any loss investment to worry about. Um, I think they can hold off and, and save this for um, just like a random release date that they can kind of throw something in um, to bring people back into theaters. Uh, and I'm still I'm still very strong in the, in the feeling of Wonder Woman is not going to come out in December. So I, I think it's going to be spring, at least before we see any films in theaters. And with all these films getting pushed back, um, people are going to be fighting over release dates as early as we as early as they can get them so it's obviously going to be the biggest movies first and i i think this guy's this movie is just going to kind of fall in the cracks wherever it can it can get um so i don't know i mean maybe if they can't get something within the next year or so maybe it does go to streaming um maybe netflix pays 600 million dollars for the rights for it and they get that along with james bond um we'll we'll just kind of have to see about that but i mean do you would you rather see this movie streaming or or in theaters? Definitely streaming. I this isn't a movie. This is a movie I don't go to the movie theater for. Like I said, it's not a blockbuster, so there's not really much incentive there, and it's not really a how do I say it? it's not really an extremely dramatic movie where it explores human concepts or like the the human the human element. This movie is looks like it looks like a rom-com without without like the over romance of part of it 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 just looks like a funny good time and while i would like to go to the movies and just have a laugh like i would rather do it with like my hand around somebody while i'm doing while i'm watching this movie but you know that's not the case for me but even so i mean john i don't you know was this a movie that you'd take your wife to go see in the theater like what what are the stakes for you in this movie because i'd rather watch it on streaming yeah no i don't i don't think she would be interested in this um and i to be honest like when when we finally are able to start going back into theaters i'm probably going to just go for the major blockbusters that i've wanted to see um granted that's for me, that's the majority of the uh, the comic book movies, and I'm just kind of pigeonholing myself there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't see this as like a big event film, and I would be just as happy with it on streaming. Um, I, I I am curious to see what route they go with that, and if if they're going to try and take every opportunity they can as a studio to make back the money they've lost this year and keep everything in theaters as much as possible to try and get that ticket sales back. Um, or if there's going to be pressure from the theaters themselves to say, look, we need your movies. We need you to put all of what you can into this. Um, so maybe we see, uh, maybe we see a little pushback from theaters themselves to try and get more, more pictures in theaters. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, this is, I mean, it was, it surprised it. Well, it didn't really surprise me that this got pushed back, but it surprised me to hear anything about this movie at all. Um, just with how little we've heard in general. Um, but I will say, uh, there's a movie coming to DVD and Blu-ray finally in December. Um, that's Tenet. And I gotta say, like, I think, I think what they're trying to do with Tenet is just make back as much money as they can with physical dvd and blu-ray sales but eventually you know they're going to put it on streaming so then it makes me wonder well how many people are going to pay the money for a physical copy now when they know in three or four months it's just going to be on on hbo max um i mean would you pay money to go see tenant now rather than wait just a couple months i don't know man because i've i've heard like a lot of mixed things about uh the movie and it's just 
you know, when you watch Nolan films, a lot of people talk about the the sound. The sound design is fantastic, but it's how he levels them. And people talk about like they can't hear when people are talking in the movie because the explosions are too loud. Whatever's in the background is too loud. So you can't hear dialogue and it's really annoying. And, you know, I think people were kind of the critics liked the movie, but they weren't overblown. Like this is an, an, a Nolan masterpiece that's come out. So this is this is one of those moments where I just look at it and be like, I'd like to see the movie, but I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to have a DVD like I'm still one of the rare people who do who will buy a Blu-ray or DVD if it's something I really care about. And this is not one of those moments. Like, we're not going to buy digital. I'm not going to do any of that. And even though that form is kind of dying with streaming services, it is one of those moments where I look at it and I'm just like, I would rather watch this on a streaming service that if it goes to HBO Max, I don't even have HBO Max. So am I going to buy HBO Max because this movie is out? Probably not. So it's kind of lost. It's lost its luster and its time. Like, you could have put it out on YouTube for, or you could have streamed it everywhere and be like, hey, it's 10 bucks if you want to watch it. I would have done that, but I'm not signing up for a streaming service. I'm not going to buy digital, like, version of it for 20 bucks. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Hey, man, I mean, you could always get the uh, the free trial for HBO Max and just cram in as much content as you can in a month and then uh, just go ahead and peace out because that's what I did when I first got HBO Max or HBO Go. I think is what it was. Uh, oh, I had there was yeah. No HBO Now. It's that's HBO what it was. Now. Yeah, that's I had HBO was. Now to watch uh, Westworld, which was great. Yes. Yeah. And then when my trial ran out and and Westworld kept going, I fell behind on the story, and now I haven't seen it since like season two, episode three. I think is the last one I saw. Yeah, I, ha- I haven't. I've only watched season one, which I thought was fantastic television, but I haven't gone back to it. But you know. It, but that's the thing. It's like you need to make this accessible to a lot of people. And unfortunately, that's my question for you, John, is with all these major studios being gobbled up by streaming services, are we going to ever have it readily available outside of a movie theater? No, I mean, I, I think with the fight for content the way it is and how how individualistic each studio is with their streaming service now that nobody wants to play nice with each other um and that's a lot of metaphors i just threw out there but um nobody wants to share their content they want to have all of the things together in one place of their own content so that people come and and will pay money to see them um but like if something is on um hbo max but it's also on amazon prime and i happen to have amazon uh then i'm not going to pay extra money to go see it on hbo when I can, when it's already accessible in another form, um, so when when you isolate where the content is, you have more of a draw to get people there for you. Um, so, I, I mean, it's the same reason why Netflix is losing The Office and it's already lost pa- Parks and Rec, and why they fought so hard for Friends is because they want to be the only ones holding the cards um, or holding all the good content. So people will come in and subscribe to their service. Um, I mean, like I was, I was really upset when I heard that Peacock, for all of its naming glory, um, had gotten back the rights to The Office and Parks and Rec, and those are two of my favorite shows. Yeah, but and, isn't Peacock free? Uh, for uh, ad-supported versions, yes. Um, but I got to be honest, man. Like I'm not interested in getting another streaming service. Um, I might get it, but. At the same time, if I have to sit there and watch The Office reruns with ads now, that's a lot less appealing than if I were just to cut it on and have it play in the background and I could just watch The Office. Um, So in the same way, like Mm. HBO Mm. really doesn't have any incentive to put it on another streaming service because they it's a paid subscription. So they don't have to worry about people um, having ads or anything on it. and they've got a lot of other quality content. So, so they know people are going to come to their service. Um, and if they keep having everything kind of funneled into it, then all it does is give more reasons for people to come subscribe to it. Um, just like with the, uh, with the Snyder Cut. Um, I like They could have potentially gone for a theatrical release with it, like a limited release. 
but they want to have people funneling down into HBO Max and subscribing to that service. So they're using that as a tool to draw on subscribers, and then they'll realize what other good content they have, and they'll run out their free trial, and um, that's why they probably uh, are, are generating enough content to where it'll last more than one trial's worth of weeks, so people will have to pay for a month, and they'll have to pay something for it, um, unless you were to just just wait like four weeks after it comes out and then just stream it all at once and be done. Perhaps I'm weird, but I don't find it. I don't find it necessarily crazy to have ads. Uh, like if a service is free and it has like a couple of ads, it's like fine for me. Cause I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube and there, and I don't use ad blocker. Um, so I am used to it. And because I want to support the people that I watch for free. So yeah, bring on the ads. I don't really care too much. It doesn't ruin my day unless it's like a really, really long ad in which I will skip it every time. But for the most part, I get like 10 second ads and it doesn't, it doesn't anger me at all. It's just one of those things. I'm using a free service. I don't pay for cable. So it is totally viable for me. And even like I have the Disney plus Hulu and ESPN package and Hulu has ads but i'm getting everything else at a really good deal so i mean it just it just depends on that and peacock is free i i for people to we talk about how everything's now a la carte but you have to pay individually for everything which is kind of weird because everything used to be packaged and bundled ever so nicely on a cable package but a cable package package is really expensive plus isp screw you over every single time so it's kind of this weird limp back and forth that we have right now. And I think that these producers, these streaming services are kind of now becoming like the ISPs in a different way. Instead of it being your, instead of it being like, Oh, you know what, what they've got you by the balls is like your internet service. It's now your, the content that you want, which is, which I would say is a little bit scarier but this is the world we live in now and it's it's definitely concerning but i i i just pose that question is just like about are they ever going to play nice and i guess it's no and i don't have faith in it either you just if you're gonna do a theatrical release and movie theaters go away you've got to learn to play nice with the other streaming services if it's like hey someone can watch it on your service it's it's twenty dollars and you get a cut of you know you know thirty percent or if the other service would set the whatever it'd be but you know i imagine everyone will want to play ball except for apple because apple just can't find a way to get it through their head that they're just pretentious and they're fighting in court with several other people apple just sucks that's, <laughs> a, that's my conclusion here as far as the streaming services is that apple's gonna ruin a lot of this between amazon and netflix and they're never just gonna work together well, yeah, and then just one little quick little comment about Apple. I mean, like you think about the types of content that are out in all of the other major streaming services and how how much we talk about like The Mandalorian or The Boys or Game of Thrones. Every streaming service has its like cultural icon in it. But Apple Plus um, really has not had anything that has stayed in the cultural zeitgeist for any length of time. I mean, like we don't have like with the amount of iPhone users that are out there, people aren't talking that much about the Apple shows. And even if they're great quality, there's just that thing missing from like a drive of keeping it in the cultural norm and conversation. Um, and I think that's really where they're falling behind right now. And maybe eventually they'll get to that point, but they're really behind the eight ball behind everybody else um, just in the lack of content that people are talking about on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I, I, I don't know, maybe eventually we'll see a re, um, re kind of convergence of all of the services, putting, putting things together and playing nice again, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening either. And it's a shame, but you know, that's what we live in now. And so when people are talking about, oh, do you see that Apple show where they teach you how to make your house real minimalistic and be like no because i don't have apple and i'm not a sociopath so you know you enjoy your show 
<laughs> that's a it's a pretty apt uh, summary of all iPhone and Apple users. A bunch of sociopaths. Which I'm just kidding. That's not true. But I just I don't get the fad. I'm just happy with my Galaxy. Yep. Yep. Same. Um, so there's not really a segue into this last little bit, but I felt like it was important to talk about given the the man's uh, career and Womack. <laughs> you worked it in. It Very, well, yeah, it, it, it happened, and I'm I'm glad we're talking about this. Not yeah. it just to pay our respects, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, Sean Connery passed away um, recently, and the man was a myth. He was a legend. He uh, was in everything. Well, all of a lot of I want I want to say a lot of great content. Um, I mean, I, I was going back through his IMDb just to kind of get a sense of the things that he did besides James Bond and maybe a few of the other things I was more familiar with. Um, Red October standing by. There it is. In the, uh, from the Family Guy bit. Yeah. The, Star Wars. <laughs> all the stars like Red 5 standing by and it's like Enterprise standing by. Red October standing by. And I just love, I love that so much. And so just, good. He just, he had such an iconic voice that everything he did, you instantly recognized who he was. And um, I I mean, I, I wondered what was the first thing that you recognized him in when you were young. And, and maybe like the first thing that you noticed, this is this is Sean Connery. Like, what was the first time that you had seen him in a, in a thing? Ooh, that's a great question, because I have not seen the early James Bond movies that much. I've seen Dr. No, but I didn't watch that until like maybe four years ago. So for me, when it comes to, when it comes to Sean Connery, my first, I heard, I had heard about him. I heard about him being like a legendary Bond, the first Bond, but I never watched him. What was recognizable for me was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Like that's what cemented him for me in, in in my universe of of sean connery and then obviously there's the cultural references to him all the time i know that for a lot of people there's highlander which is funny his name is ramirez and he's scottish it it's kind of wild but anyways it's it's a it it, for me it has to be indiana jones and i love that franchise so much and i loved that they played that they had him in in the, the 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 last crusade i love this dynamic with indy with harrison ford and it's just it's so tragic that he's gone now but i just i thought he was fantastic and it is we are losing we've lost a huge icon but i i think i i think everyone will remember like when you hear sean connery people instantly try and do uh their their imitation of him and it's just it brings joy to your heart yeah yeah absolutely i mean he was in nothing but i think positive and uplifting content um misogynist you you know a little bit (laughs) no his character was a misogynist i don't we don't know if he was actually a misogynist but you know let's see he received so much outpouring support over twitter and stuff like that it's really sad yeah and my my dad was really uh into highlander and i think that's probably one of my first introductions to him um was that was that series and uh i i just remember the the movies or the shows being on every once in a while and um uh recognizing him and his voice in it and then i would go on to see um uh like the league of extraordinary gentlemen and at the time i thought it was a great movie because that's all i knew and then i grew up and realized "Mm, doesn't really hold up (laughs) <laughs> but he elevated that role, I think, that he was in beyond what the movie was capable of. Um, same thing with Dragonheart. Like, for all intents and purposes, that should not have worked. Um, it CGI was, was not good. The story really wasn't that great. But I, I think because of his voice and the way that he played it, people were just drawn to to it. Um and maybe maybe that would be different being in the moment in 1996 when that came out. But looking back, I don't think it really holds up. Um, <laughs> but there was just something. It was like a charisma that really draw or like drew people into the roles that he was playing. That even if it wasn't a well written role, you were so distracted by his voice or by his um, attitude and like I said, like charisma, 
that you you're like t- taken out of um, the movie itself and kind of just drawn into the Sean Connery world, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's it's really sad that we lose an icon, but this is what happens when people get old. And I mean, for me, I it's I think it's huge. Like I've heard a lot of people like on the British side are just like super crushed because he is a cultural icon for them and everything it does. But also for us and the things that he has done, you know, obviously we spoke about that. And James Bond, huge, huge loss. But you know what? Um, we can at least remember the good times, you know, him playing at Red October. He's a Russian. I'm just like, no, that's that's Sean Connery. That's not a Russian. That's a Scot- That's a Scotsman. A Scotsman. You can say whatever you want about him, but he was very committed to whatever he was doing so that no matter what what no matter what nationality he played he would always have a scottish accent and it 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 is it defied all logic but somehow he made it work and it just you didn't question it oh yes indy we named (laughs) we named him after the dog indiana well and it it kind of (laughs) makes me think of um somebody like uh like arnold schwarzenegger who he oh has such an iconic voice and such a distinctive voice that he should be limited to the roles that he has. But you see somebody like him who's taken on all types of action movie roles that even he even did. Um, uh, the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Jingle All the Way. Yes, Jingle All the Way. With did, Jake Lloyd. With He did Twins with Danny DeVito. So um, weird. Such a weird movie. And that's the thing. Like you have every <laughs> once in a while you have actors like these people who come along and just defy logic, who should not be cast on the roles they're in simply because of like who what they sound like and, and who they are, but they make it work and they make it their own. And I think it just elevates every project that they're a part of because they bring such a sort of like reverence to the role and they just commit so hard to it that like you you just buy it no matter what they're trying to sell you you buy it um and it i i think that's what really drew me to somebody like sean connery and um even if he wasn't the greatest like theater actor or the most oh god like, no <laughs> the most like nuanced type of actor he played each role so specifically and so well that it didn't matter that um that you just didn't you enjoyed the moment and i think that's what art and movies are supposed to do is just take you out of your life and put you into a moment and you just you just enjoy it and it's just for your entertainment and again like all art is subjective so you don't always have to have to appreciate or critically enjoy everything but if if it does its job in kind of giving you that escapism moment then i art has served its purpose and I think that that Sean Connery brought a lot of that to every role that he did. Um, that it just it made it fun to watch him. Yeah, it definitely made it fun to watch him, and it's sad to see him go. I think for me, when I think about the actors that we've lost over the years, I, like and icons, icons, like you know, this guy has been this guy's been in cinema since like the 1950s, and his career is just is such a huge catalog of stuff that Sean Connery has done. So it is one of those things where we're losing another major actor icon. Someone they like someone who's been in it and seen it transform. And uh, for me, he's number two on the list of people we've lost and which is a high, 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 high ranking for me. And it's an unfortunate, I don't know why I'm calling it a ranking, but you know, Robin Williams will all, all always be, for right now, my number one of like, I can't believe we lost Robin Williams. Um, but Sean Connery is definitely the next cultural icon and I'm not even English. So that's, that's huge. Yeah. You, we, you will be missed. Rest in peace, Sean. Uh, I hope, I hope you're enjoying a nice, uh, a nice, a nice glass of whiskey. And like I also want to say, I understand Scotch. That. That's what I want to say. Scotch. <laughs> there it is. Which is spelled. It's spelled differently in Scotland. Whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. spelled with. It's spelled without the e. Yeah. Or and is it's, it? It's made slightly differently as well. Yeah, and it's called no. That that don't no 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 don't do this. Don't make me. Don't make me get on you for that. Scotch. What? Yeah, we, <laughs> Scotch is not whiskey. 
No, no, no. But like, but whiskey is made slightly differently depending on where it's from. As far as like, well, maybe I'm thinking of American whiskey and, and Irish whiskey. I, I think you're, I think you're thinking of American whiskey and Irish oh, whiskey because they have I'm Japanese whiskey, but they don't spell it different. Well, they don't they don't advertise it in their like a oh man that's so bad they don't advertise it like in the states as like whiskey and like they've got like the Y has got like an Asian symbol attached to it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm an uncultured swine, and we uh, went down this just, dark rabbit hole. When you go into the alcohol realm, it's just like, I, I'm i just like, John, please. You didn't even finish your drink on your bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many, though. We had to help you finish that that margarita bowl. Oh, my God. This isn't about us. This is about Sean Connery, by the way. So Yes, um, yes. We, you need to divert. Mad oh, respect. Oh, my gosh. Well, what do you have to say, John? Mad respect? What mad, you mad respect. Um, I had a thought. And then we were completely derailed by alcohol. And now I can't remember what that thought was. Um, oh, oh, now I remember. So um, when I understand that towards the end of his life, dementia was starting to take over. And obviously that it, it's horrible for the people around the person. And hopefully it wasn't um, as terrifying for him being in his body. Um, maybe he, or I hope that it was more of just like a, a blissful ignorance of just kind of living in the moment, but not fully being aware of what I don't, I, I'm rambling at this point, but uh, for him to be able to pass in his sleep in the Bahamas, I hope, I hope that was as peaceful as it sounds and that um, it was an easy transition for him. Um, and that it would, I, I hope that there is peace found with his family and with his loved ones uh, that they know that he was in, hopefully a very comfortable place at least and that he was able to enjoy his final days Womack Redactor standing by love it love it um so yeah I I, I know we kind of ended on a, a little bit more of a downer note but um I, I think someone like him uh who made such a cultural impact is um is I think we should talk about him and the the effect that he had on our lives growing up, especially, and uh, the movies that he introduced us to and the characters he introduced us to. Um, I, I, I think his the icon of Sean Connery will live on for generations, even if people don't fully understand what they're quoting and how they're pronouncing things. I think that he has made such a profound impact on the culture here in America and abroad that, um, that his voice will be remembered and his, his, hopefully his soul in some sense lives on through all of us as we, we carry on the, the Connery legacy. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for tuning into this. We will be back next week. Uh, Chris will be back in the driver's seat and, uh, we'll be talking about some more movie and TV stuff. Um, we've got, uh mandalorian episode two and three review coming out at the same time uh it'll be skipped this week i'm out of town so sorry guys but we'll have a double whammy the week after so stay tuned for that double Uh, whammy chris any closing thoughts uh any closing thoughts uh you know after what we talked about no i want to end on positive i just want to end with the respect and positive vibe i want to make any more Womack jokes? It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just yeah. one of those things. We lose icons, and uh, we just uh, gotta remember the good stuff, you know. Exactly. It's a celebration of life. We just try and um, remember the good times and the positive impact that that people like that have had on our lives, and we just remember them and continue to celebrate the uh, the effects that they've had on us. Um, or life. we're probably going to get like a little uh, tribute to him in No Time to Die. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it better be like it, a bunch of clips put together. And it better not be like, you know, like this was de- like uh, dedicated to to uh, uh, dedicated to Sean Connery. I don't want that. Give me like a little like quick one minute montage of his best moments. Don't 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 screw us over. <laughs> james bond don't <laughs> don't screw us over broccoli <laughs> yes working in working in the broccoli there we go. all right but thank you guys uh we'll see you next week bye, bye.
Bye. <laughs>